Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The special in San Diego, meatloaf. Not fish tacos, not enchiladas, meatloaf. That's the guy who's saying about how two out of three ain't bad. And every time the Sox have played in San Diego, they have won precisely two out of three. Indeed, not bad, but not ideal when you have ground to make up like Boston does. The chance to sweep the lowly Padres went by the boards on Sunday. The difference in the game, a two-run first-inning homer by, of all people, Manny Machado. And the evil one made what could have been a critical error late in the game, but Endeavors banged into a double play. And that, anyway, two out of three ain't bad. Let's review. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. So Boston outscored San Diego 15-0 to start the weekend series. After that, it was 7-2 Padres. So... The Red Sox settle for two wins out of three. They gained slightly in the playoff chase, but man, what a chance they let get away Sunday by getting held to just a J.D. Martinez home run. Josh Lewin with you. It was a rollicking good time in San Diego. Got to admit that. Joe Castig had his wife along, and Will Fleming was along, and I got to be around, and it was, it was cool until Sunday. They have the Anchorman races. If you like the movie, you'll love this. A very, very good representation of Ron Burgundy and Brick Tamland and the whole rest of the Channel 4 news crew, except Veronica Corningstone. I guess it's still a man's world in San Diego in the mid-1970s. But uh, I I think it was, uh, let's see, one win for Champ Kind and two for Burgundy, if you're scoring at home. Poor Brick hasn't won all year, though he does love Lamp. And the other thing they did, i got to give them credit in San Diego, they rickrolled Sweet Caroline on Sunday. They let all the Red Sox fans think it was going to be a middle of the eighth singing of Sweet Caroline. And just when everybody was starting to sway and sing, they blast in with the Rick Astley video instead. Never going to give you up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so that was kind of the off-field stuff. Let's get you on-field, where it sure did look good to start out. In fact, it looked great to start out. I'm going to get you set on that right now. Friday and a whole lot of stuff going on in San Diego. Star Wars night. Seems like the Red Sox lead the league in number of times they have to deal with Star Wars night. And they had a beer fest. Of course, it was Players Weekend. Everybody running around like they were in the movie Spaceballs, the the home uniforms anyway. Looked like everybody was a house painter. And if you remember Mad Magazine and Spy versus Spy, if you're that old, I mean, that's what this, just stupid uniforms, white against black. Aren't we all supposed to be getting along? You got to do that? Anyway, 
this was a laugher of a game. The Red Sox with three in the first and three in the second. The three in the first on a J.D. Martinez three-run home run. There would be another one. He ended up with a career-high seven runs batted in in this game. Didn't want to talk to the media after the he, he didn't do the postgame interview on EEI, didn't do the postgame interview for Nesson. Said it's because he's superstitious, because last time he did two interviews after one big game, he went one for his next 14. So, all right, we'll give him that if it means a seven RBI night. He had never had one of those, about 1,100 big league games. First time he's ever done that. The three-run homer in the first, three-run homer in the sixth. Go back to the second inning. You had runs batted in from the top of the order, Betts, Endeavors, and Bogarts. Betts, by the way, wins the prize for best job getting through players weekend. The cleats that he had done by a friend of his back in Nashville, they were glorious. He did a little shout-out to Minnie Mouse for his daughter on the Friday game, did a shout-out to his daughter on the Saturday game with Puppy Pals, and then the shout-out to David Ortiz for all the Boston Red Sox fans on Sunday. Just really, really tastefully done, well done, and a nice night on Friday for Mookie. Ended up with two hits and an RBI. But J.D. was the star on a night of stars. Andrew Bogarts had two runs batted in, a couple of hits. Devers kept it going. He was three for his first three in the game. So that made him, a let's see here, 11 for his last 13 at-bats on the road at that point. Five doubles and a home run. It's a guy that started August 5 for 37, then was 21 for 37 right after that. And there's going to be a little Mike Trout showdown coming up later on this road trip. Devers against... Uh, competition for the American League MVP award. Devers actually leads Trout in total bases by a cool 18 right now, and he's battling for a batting title too. But uh, most lopsided loss for the San Diego Padres all year, it was uh, Black Friday, although with no sale. Uh, Chris Sale unable to pitch, Eduardo Rodriguez did. The black uniforms actually kind of turned the tide in a weird way. The Sox had never won a game in whatever wacky players' weekend uniforms they were in. They got swept both other weekends. But no issues here, 11-0 behind Eddie, who gets to 15-5. and There's a couple other 15-5 and guys out there. They are Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, and they've got almost the exact same season going on. One guy with a 2.75 ERA, one with a 2.77. One's got 238 strikeouts, one with 239. And for Rodriguez, the numbers aren't quite that gaudy. But he's heading towards a 200-inning season. That's all he said he wanted to accomplish. 18 wins, 19 wins. I mean, very outside shot at 20. I'll take that. The quality starts keep stacking up for him. And I know that's kind of an overused thing. Six innings, three runs allowed. Shouldn't be a big deal. But these days it is. And the last 20 times the Red Sox have gotten a quality start from anybody. They have won 19 of those games because the offense is so darn good. Problem is the lack of quality starts. The Miami Marlins have more quality starts this year than the Boston Red Sox. Are you kidding? That is a real stat. Oh, here's a good stat for you, too. I meant to sneak this in the broadcast and never did. Eduardo Rodriguez broke two more bats in this game, too. And did you know that since 2016, he has broken more opponents' bats than any other pitcher in baseball besides C.C. Sabathia? Actually, he's tied with Corey Kluber for second, thanks to uh, Sports Info Solutions for providing that. So uh, good stuff. I mean, everybody's always raved about the fact that he's got good stuff, and it was on display in San Diego. 11 runs, 13 hits, one error, 0-5-4 and 4 
for the Padres. They, they just looked terrible. They hit into three double plays in the first four innings, and it was just a, a no-contest kind of game. Looked like it would be that way Saturday, too. Red Sox hopping out to a 4-0 lead against Denelson Lamette. Nate Evaldi, though, could only get nine outs, and this continues to be very frustrating. Forget about the quality start. He just lost it very quickly in the fourth inning. Got uh, the home run hit off him by Eric Hosmer, and he was taken out of the game immediately. They saw that his fastball that was sitting 99, touching 100, all of a sudden was down to 94. And it happens quickly with Nate these days. It's like when you look at your cell phone and you're like, wait a minute, I had 80% battery. How is it down to 22%? Like immediately. That's how it kind of is with Nathan Evaldi right now. So he got lifted and the bullpen had to do a lot of work. Good news is the bullpen has been great of late, but Walden, Hernandez, Brazier, Taylor, Barnes, and eventually Workman with a save. We'll get to that in a moment. But you really miss last year's Hector Velasquez. You really miss Stephen Wright. I mean, these are guys that can go two, three, four innings when you need that. And since the Red Sox have needed that so often this year, it really is stark when you see these guys working exactly one inning. And in a National League ballpark, that's where you really need length big time because you don't want to have to keep pinch hitting. And it was frustrating. Nitro on the back of his player's weekend uniform, that's supposed to mean for high-octane fastball. You see that thing drop down to 94. But early in the game between Lamette and Evaldi, both those guys were slinging it in there 99. It was really fun to watch for a while. Breakthrough was in the fourth inning, Boston taking it from one nothing to 4 to nothing, as uh, they got the two-RBI double from Christian Vasquez, and it looked like things would be fine. But then, yeah, the Hosmer-Homer in the bottom of the fourth. They elected to play the infield back with uh, a runner at second base, moving to third with one out. And Luis Urias, just a little ground ball to short, infield back, that run comes in. That cuts it to 4-3. to three. And that was a, a nuance that would not be lost on us because in the seventh inning, uh, tie France with a tie game. Base hit in the left field. Nice tie, tie. 4-4 uh, at that point, and you look back to that decision to have the infield where it was, and you think, man, if, if only you didn't have that. So uh, at 4-4, four to four, and a chance for the Padres to actually break through in the bottom of the seventh, Hosmer up with the bases loaded, but Josh Taylor got him on a nasty slider, as again, the bullpen's doing just such great work top to bottom. Bullpen hasn't allowed a home run in, well, going over to Sunday now, it's about 140 plate appearances going back to the Carlos Santana walk-off. And over the last five weeks, this is the best bullpen ERA, best bullpen whip in all of Major League Baseball. So stop wagging a finger at the bullpen. That's not been the problem. It, it really hasn't. The uh, breakthrough for the Red Sox would come in the bottom of the ninth inning. And this one was fun. Excuse me, the top of the ninth inning. Forgot where we were for a second. You had Kirby Yates coming in. He's the closer, nothing to close, so he comes in in a tie game. He had allowed only one home run all year. Brock Holt had hit only two all year, and one minute shy of midnight, there was an ambush. Brock put a charge in one with that BH on the back of his jersey. Big hit, I guess, not Brock Holt. And uh, out it went, just barely over the wall in right and that ended up being the game winner. Workman, yeah, it was a little bit of work for him in the bottom of the ninth inning with a couple of walks, but he ended up striking out three, including Hosmer, who ended up stranding seven over his last three ABs. So let's hear from Brock Holt, as he's the guy that pulled it out with that big hit, the 5-4 final, and here is the Brock start. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we need to win. Um, you know, so tonight tonight was big. Uh, started off kind of, uh, you know, kind of hot, and then they they, uh, they put some good good at-bats together and, and, and tied things up. And, you know, fortunately, we were able to get one there in the last inning, and, and Workman came in and closed the door. You weren't raiding, you weren't raiding around in the ninth. Facing their all-star closer, Kirby Yates, first pitch you saw. What was your approach in that at-bat? Just try and get, get a good pitch to hit. Uh, they, they've been p- pitching me tough, um, you know, the last two, two nights. So uh, just looking for a good pitch and, um, you know, got a fastball and was able to just barely squeak it out. With that win, the Red Sox able to creep a little bit closer in the standings on a beautiful night in San Diego. Was there anything else? Uh, I wrote down in my scorebook where it says weather. You're supposed to write down like a good description of the weather so you can tell the fans about it. I wrote down seriously with two question marks. Like, come on. I mean, what else is it going to be? Beautiful night, beautiful finish. And again, uh, it got dicey at the end. Alex Cora talked to the media when it was done. I mean, uh, we grinded and uh, we did a good job saying in the moment. Uh, put some in the bats. Uh, you know, we get a bats against probably the best closer in the, in the National League. And, you um, um, we pull it off. Everybody contributed, and uh, now we're ready for tomorrow. Just three innings from Nate. What do you think? You, what do you like from what you saw from him? I mean, he grinded. The stuff was good. Command was good. Um, I think. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll check with him. Um, you know, it seems like the stuff kind of like was a tick down in that inning. But we were trying to stretch him out. You know, um, you know, we, we, he's going to be needed to go. You know, um, deeper into the game. But um, we were rested. Um, I think the guys did a good job, you know. Um, we tried to extend Brazier there where we were in the bullpen and was coming tomorrow, too. You have to create a balance and you have to make decisions. And, um, you know, we just didn't make pitches in that inning. But uh, then after that, you know, we were good and we ended up winning the game. With Nate, you guys have used him in short relief, long relief, and then now two starts and different days of rest each time. How challenging do you think it's been for him? It has to be very challenging. It's not easy. Um, but physically, we know he can do it. Um, the willingness to do it, uh, obviously, we, we appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, we got to keep keeping structure. And uh, I think, you know, last week was better. And you know, that's our structure when we were going to use him. And, and next week is going to be the same thing. Couple big hits for Brock in the last few days here. Uh, how good a feeling do you have when he's at the plate at those? Plays? He's a good hitter. He's a good hitter. And, and you know, I've been saying all along, we miss him the first month, month and a half. He's important. Part of what we try to do, as far as matching up and and, and playing at second and all that, and you know he's healthy, he's swinging the bat well, and um, you know he he's a good at bat. Uh, his um, his left side got tight there, so um, you know we have to take him out just to make sure you know he'll be okay. He's there today, so probably he he, he wasn't going to play tomorrow, so obviously you know we'll stay away from him Monday off, and we'll see how he reacts to treatment. Uh, yeah, in that at bat, the last at bat, yeah. I think the first he, he after the first swing, he kind of like he was grimacing, you know, kind of weird, but he was moving his hand. I was like, oh, there's nothing going on. But then he came in and he's like, now I felt it just a little bit, so we took him out. Alex, you've had a couple of games where your bullpens had to go, you know, five or six innings, like you did tonight. It seems like those guys are in a pretty good groove, you know, the, the way you have them lined up. Really. No, they're, they're doing a good job. I mean, we, we set it in spring training stuff-wise. We're, we're pretty good. And uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, not overdo it. It's not easy. But, um, you know, we talk about the off days and this part of the schedule that it was going to benefit us. Um, the, weather, the weather helps, too. So, um you know, tomorrow um, BJ's going to start, and um, you know we'll see where we take us. You know, Cash 
gets rested, he can give us multiple innings, and and I think you know we're we're pretty set for for tomorrow. What about Brandon Workman being able to bear it down there? It seems like he relied pretty heavily on his off-speed stuff. I mean, that's what that's what he does. He's been very consistent since the first day of the season. Um, that's why you know we rely on him late in games, and uh, he's done an outstanding job. Uh, you start looking at the numbers and what he's done. Um, I think damage-wise, if uh, you know when you, you when you remember only one home run, the home run that he gave up, that's pretty solid, you know, and it was. Blackburn on two count when Chris struck out 17. So, you know, you don't have to have great memory for that, you know, and that's how good he's been. Taylor against Machado, yeah, how he just had to get the strike up there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's been doing a better uh, better job against lefties, but we, rely, we we trust him against righties, and his stuff is, is, is that good. You know, he just hung a slider, and uh, when, when he came in, you know, it was a base hit, but after that, you know, he was solid. Who's better you paying off with that shirt? BJ, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody sees it. And last year was LSU, and now it's Florida, so I'm glad we won. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, so with that win, the Red Sox able to crawl to within six all of a sudden in that uh, chase to get in the playoffs, and you start to believe a little bit. And then Sunday, you'll learn that everybody else is losing. Cleveland losing, Tampa Bay losing, Oakland losing. So if you win this game... You're gaining on everybody. You're back to within five, and you're only playing the freaking Padres here. You're up against Joey Lucchese. They could not hit Joey Lucchese, nor could they hit Luis Perdomo or Munoz or Yates, all those guys slicing their way through. San Diego essentially won this game in the first inning when Brian Johnson just had squat. I mean, he had nothing. He's a quick-working lefty out of Lakeland, Florida, and you guys all love that with Chris Sale, I know, but... Brian Johnson, an opponent's batting average of 353 this year, and it went up right away in the first inning. Horribly, because Manuel Margot started with a double, a single by Francisco Mejia knocked him in, Machado blasting a home run. That was 190th of the year for the San Diego Padres. That's a new franchise record for them. Red Sox are approaching that uh, on their own. They're within six where you're looking at Boston getting past the 03 version, and I bet might happen in Colorado. Only two games coming up in Colorado, but yeah, it's Colorado. Anyway, San Diego had only two more hits the whole rest of the way, and on both those hits, somebody got thrown out on the bases. Manuel Margot hilariously had a blowout with his uh, custom cleats. Yeah, bright orange shoe just came right off Zion Williamson style, and he got tagged out between second and third. There was also a play at the plate on a base hit in the second inning. Beautiful relay from Xander Bogarts. So with all of that setting up, I mean, you're giving up only two hits after the first inning. You're down 3 nothing, haven't gotten an out yet, but somehow everything just clicks into gear after that. Brazier pitched, Kashner kit, or pitched, Walden pitched, and Barnes. Everybody after Brian Johnson was splendid, but all the Red Sox got was another J.D. Martinez homer. It was a solo in the fourth inning. And you look here since the late April of 18, 70 home runs now for J.D. Martinez. Judge and Stanton have that combined for the Yankees. I know Stanton's hurt this year, but still, I thought that was a cool stat. Thanks to Boston Sports Info for that one. But later in the game with the Andres Munoz on the mound, 101-mile-an-hour guy, he struck out Martinez as he did the night before. And it was actually a slider, not a fastball that got him in what really should have been the big inning for the Red Sox. The eighth inning, they had two on, nobody out. Devers hit into a double play, and he ended 0 for 10 down the stretch of this series. In fact, 
The top third of the Red Sox batting order Sunday was a collective 0 for 10. But after Bogart's walk, you had first and third for J.D. Martinez trying to save this thing, and he struck out on the slider. So a 3-1 final on Sunday. Very unfortunate that the Red Sox couldn't actually get the sweep. Alex Cora spoke after the game. A hanger to Machado, and you know, they scored three right away. You know, but like I said last week, you know, if they score three in that spot, you know, when, when we come every five days and, and the opposition score three, we'll take it. You know, we just have to hit in that spot now. Alex, in the first inning with Johnson, it's kind of been a consistent thing that he's given up some runs. What are you sort of seeing? Now? I mean, just. You know, I think Margot was a fastball. Then uh, the other kid hit a fastball up in the zone, got on top of them, and he hit a home run. After that, you know, we got out. You know, he gave us three, and the bullpen did an amazing job. You know, it's just people can say opener all that, but still, he has to go out there, you know, and, and perform. You know, and uh, you know they only scored three runs, so you know we didn't do much offensively today. Um, we didn't generate too many, too many, too much pressure on them, and that was the game. What do you think has been the big difference for Johnson this year after he was pretty useful for you guys last year? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, obviously he was hurt early in the season. Um, <clears throat> you know, his breaking ball hasn't been as sharp. You know, they, he had some outings last year that, you know, he gave a four in the first and then he went six. But, you know, where we add and, and obviously, you know, where we add in the standings is, you know, we got we to gotta be aggressive, you know, and uh, we trust those guys in the bullpen. They did an amazing job today. They did it five days ago, so... And if that's all he can give us, well, we'll take it and we move on. Alex, how, how important, given where you guys are, is it to kind of finish off series, not just win two of three, but kind of sweep? I mean, it's always important, you know. We, I mean, we're running out of time, but, you know, we take two of three, we play good baseball today, we didn't hit. You know, like I said, I said five days ago, you know, if if in this spot somebody asked me about sale, you know, well, in his spot, we only give out, what, six runs in 18 innings? We'll take that and we take our chances. What do you see with the team? Offensively today, with them pitching and seeing your guys getting out of there. No, I mean, no, they have some good arms in the bullpen, and it's not like you know, the lefty, a little funky, good fastball, good changeup, but their bullpen is pretty solid. Cashers, uh, you know, this is fourth or fifth uh, relief appearance for you guys. You weren't expecting him to be in the bullpen, but he's been taken to that role pretty well. What have you just seen from him the last few times? Oh, like I said, his fastball is a tick harder, you know, and. Uh, Obviously, at bats are a little bit different late in the games. You know, um, he can actually expand, and uh, they they're chasing pitches. But I think his fastball is in a good spot right now. He's on 97. You know, and there's a guy that uh, obviously he struggled as a starter. But like I told him, you know, hey, you, you're gonna contribute, and he's doing an outstanding job. How do you look at it now? Uh, 30 games left, six games out. I mean, we're good. I mean, we're not where we want to be, but you know, we'll talk about it September 1st. We get there and see where we at, and we go from there. Have been attending at all? No. Okay. The seventh inning um, with Randy, did you think about him throwing, or did you want to keep somebody back in case? I mean, we had nothing. You know, we we had Brock for the pitcher, and we if, if we use Mitch in that spot, then we don't we we weren't going to be able to hit for Travis against the right in the eighth inning. So you got to play it out that way. So you wanted somebody for Travis. You have to. All right. So there it is. Two out of three, and on to Colorado. The Shangri-La of hitting when you come to, uh, to look at it here, it's a shame it's only two games. The, the Rockies are not playing well. Of course, the Red Sox can get very, very healthy uh, if, if indeed they can pitch. Rick Porcello gets the ball Tuesday, that 5.5 ERA, but it's the 15-5 and five Eduardo Rodriguez on Wednesday, and it's a chance for us to talk a lot about the 2007 World Series, of course. We will do that 
when we get there on Tuesday and, uh, and have that recap for you. That was a, a glorious time, as I'm sure a lot of you remember. But as for Sunday, not as glorious. A 3-1 loss. The Red Sox with only four hits all game. And they got rickrolled <laughs> with that sweet Caroline thing. So that'll do it from San Diego. I do love this town. And uh, looking forward to talking to you guys from Denver. We'll load it up then. Josh Lewin signing off. Bye-bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.